Appalachia. Nobody truly knows where the word comes from, yet everybody has their own opinion of what it represents. Everything from mountaintop beauty and deep forest to meth heads and extreme prejudice. The Appalachian Mountains are the oldest mountains in the world. They once towered 30,000 feet to the air and currently stretch from Canada through 14 states all the way to Louisiana. The inhabitants of these mountains through the many years of their existence have lived through and witnessed downright unbelievable and tormenting historical atrocities. They have lived through everything from hauntings to cryptic creatures that show up and wreak havoc on their homesteads. The worst creature, though, may be man himself. I, being born and raised in these Appalachian Mountains, know that nothing is beyond a pale of belief, no matter how fantastic it sounds. The history that lies in these mountains is rich and has a long legacy of unending tales and adventures. Come with me as I take you on a fantastic journey through these mountains, where things are not always as they seem. I guarantee you it won't be anything like you expected. Hello, I'm Larry Bentley, and this is Season 2 of Appalachian Murder, Mystery, and Legend. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. How you doing, my good friends? Thank you again for stopping by today. It's that time of year again. Once again, we find ourselves staring down the barrel of the holiday that we all look forward to every year. That being Halloween. I'm just saying that because I like it. I like it because of all the stories associated with it not to mention that there's a little bit extra candy that's involved which don't hurt anything either it's the time of year when everything in the air seems to be unsettled the leaves change cold weather moves in we find ourselves with extra pockets to lose things in now and again now that we're forced into our coats and it starts getting dark earlier Naturally, the Appalachian Mountains specialize in tales befitting of this time of the year, some of which we'll get into today. So come on in, take your shoes off, set a spell, and let me tell you a tale to help you get through this time of the year. Happy Halloween! Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Now, the North Bend Rail Trail in West Virginia is known for its tunnels, especially the haunted ones, of course. Now, as we've talked about before, 
the B&O Railroad was the first railroad to take on the Appalachian Mountains with rail construction beginning with great fanfare on July 4, 1828. By February 14, 1851, the Northwestern Virginia Railroad, NVRR, was charted to build west from part of the B&O's Three Fork Creek Line to the city of Parkersburg, West Virginia. The NVRR had been pushing for its own railroad and figured this couldn't hurt anything. The 103-mile spur line took five years to build, opening for service to Parkersburg on May 1st, 1857, and requiring more than $5 million to complete. Wasn't easy taming these mountains. $5 million in those days was worth about $190 million in today's money, so it wasn't cheap either. The BNO contributed $1 million to the project, and the city of Baltimore another $1.5 million that they figured, I guess, would give them rights to run the trains on the rails along with the NVRR, and turns out they were right. There was enough business back in to go around for everybody. So by the late 1850s, railroad freight cars were getting taller and wider. The old narrow low tunnels in the, on the line were creating problem areas referred to as bottlenecks by the railroad workers because of the pain in the rear that the tunnels created when they drove the oversized trains through them. Yeah. They had to slow down to a creep because if the train rocked just a little bit to either side, it could hit the side of the tunnel and create a catastrophe inside one of them, which would mean somebody had some planning to do. The BNO decided to do what they called a clearance project which entailed widening the tunnels and raising the roofs to accommodate the new size of the trains. This wasn't the first time that they'd done it, but uh, they intended it to be the last. They'd gone in and slightly widened the tunnels before, as they turned out, not nearly enough. Some of the tunnels were daylighted, as they called it. In other words, uh, had their roofs blown off or, and hauled away so they could be open cuts through the mountains instead of the tunnels going through them. Not all of the tunnels needed daylighting, which left 10 of them still in existence today. Those upgrades didn't last long enough either, as train sizes just kept getting bigger and bigger. Got to get more bang for the buck, I guess. The upgrades during the 1960s, unfortunately, still didn't make tunnel clearances tall enough for container-owned flat car service, which became the cotton-picking rage of the age during the 1980s, and this still going today. Containers need clearances of nearly 21 feet and the tunnels had been upgraded to just over 17 feet. And then came the merger with the Chessie system which formed in 1972 from the CNO, BNO and Western Maryland Railroads and well they had several southern southern railroads as well stirred into the mix and that created the CSX Transportation Company. As we all know when these things happen a lot of the time these companies are looking to cut costs so they can get off the ground quickly and move to offer a more competitive service. And the new CSX company was no different. It was looking to cut costs by removing what it deemed to be redundant track lines. The Parkersburg branch soon became prime candidate because of its little traffic and was plagued with high maintenance costs primarily because of the tunnels and road cuts. And to top it all off, there were several tight curves that slowed the trains to a creep, which they figured cost them additional time and money. Despite still having a few freight trains running on the line, railroad management said it's, when it's infinite wisdom and bean-counting skills, 
they just went ahead and removed the route from Parkersburg, West Virginia to Chillicothe, Ohio. This left a small section in place around Parkersburg to serve the area customer. The state of West Virginia tried its best to save the little line, and many railroad companies were upset with the line's closure. So during December, I mean, sorry, September of 1988, the rails along the Parkersburg branch were simply yanked up and hauled off for scrap. The state eventually did procure the company from the railroad for a nominal fee, of course, and opened the first section of the North Bend Rail Trail in 1991. Now, anybody who's walked these trails, and I do use the term walk opposed to hike because that's just the way folks in my area in Virginia always talked about it, but anybody who's walked one of these old rail trails will tell you the same thing. I'm telling you, that's when I say that they're just downright beautiful trails to walk along. They're perfect for walking, especially for us geezers, because the construction of the railroad bed itself is still at the same grade that it was built for the trains, which translates to less stress on the old worn-out joints. And I've spent many hours walking on the old Cripple Creek line in my hometown, Virginia, which is now called the New River Trail State Park. Now, hikers and bikers took to the trail in West Virginia almost as fast as they could get it done. And still today, they all pass <clears throat> through the old tunnels, most completely oblivious to the ghastly legends surrounding them. I'm talking about stories of grisly death, full-body apparitions, and strange voices, and downright scary experiences. One of the best-known tales by far is the Silver Run Tunnel's Lady in White. Silver Run, or as it's known to the railroad back then, was Tunnel 19. It's uh, located not far from the little town of Cairo, which is once famous for its marble-making industry. Today, the Silver Run Tunnel, and of course its resident Lady in White, attracts hundreds of visitors every year to the quiet little town of Cairo. Now, according to the legend, a young woman waited for her betrothed at the Silver Run Station. She was to be married and was wearing a long white dress as she watched for her young groom to show up. He never showed up. Nobody seems to know what became of her after that. There's a story around about the area there of her jumping or maybe falling to her death from a nearby ledge. Whatever happened to her, she was dead as far as anybody knew. But not long after her death, whispers began to spread that her ghost had been seen at the Silver Run Tunnel. I'll be right back. You're listening to Appalachian Murder, Mystery, and Legend with Larry Bentley. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. One night, an engineer reported a woman in white standing right on the tracks at the tunnel entrance while his train was barreling down on it. He immediately hit the emergency brake and tried to stop, but there was just wasn't enough time. The train hit the woman, sending her through the air like a helicopter blade. When the engineer, now in full panic mode, finally got the train stopped, he and his whole crew 
took to the task of looking for what they all thought would surely be body parts of a poor dead woman. Now, I've worked these kind of accidents in my past, and I would assume that these folks probably had had as well, so I know that they were likely sickened by it anyway at the thought of what they were about to see. But after searching for a good while, uh, going a fair piece around the train there, they found absolutely nothing. After that report, other engineers regularly reported seeing the woman, and they too tried to avoid hitting her. And every time it happened, the story was exactly the same. She just vanished into thin air. One engineer decided he wasn't going to stop for the woman and that he'd heard so much about if she showed up. Yes, folks, people here in the Appalachian Mountains are so numb to it that it's the kind of thing just goes past being surprising and scary. It just gets to the point of just being in the way of progress. So, just as he expected, she appeared in front of his train. He blew the whistle, you know, as a courtesy, I guess, but never touched his brake. Sure enough, the train smashed into the woman, sending her sailing up over the engine and out of his sight. The telegraph office in Parkersburg began getting messages from every station between the office and the Silver Run of a woman in white clinging to the cowcatcher of a passing train. The stations all watched in horror as the train just whisked by with the poor old woman dressed all in a white dress just clinging for, on for dear life to the cattle catcher. As the train pulled into its final station, as you'd bet, a crowd of people, management, and authorities were all waiting to see just what in the heck the engineer thought he was doing. But there was no woman in white and no evidence that there ever was one. But there was an engineer who looked like he'd just ran over a ghost. While the legend of the Silver Run is one of the most often told stories of the trail, Tunnel 21, known as Eaton's Tunnel, or the Lost Tunnel, has its own telltale, and in fact, it might even be a little more scary than the one about Silver Run. It's a story that I <clears throat> actually hadn't heard. I was able to talk with a friend of mine who was raised living in the area, who was once my neighbor before he moved back. This is a, the story that happened in June 6, 1963. It took place during the construction to widen and raise the ceiling of the Eaton Tunnel. Everything was going along just swimmingly until, without any warning at all, the whole tunnel just collapsed into itself. Three men were working inside, and all were trapped. How the folks working outside must have felt, I couldn't tell you, but they rushed to try to help. Finding tons of mountain just fell right down on top of all the men. But, as we who live here in the mountains will know, we just don't quit. I don't know whether it's we don't have enough sense to or we just that determined, but we don't quit. And it's a good thing, as one of the men was quickly dragged out, and <clears throat> believe it or not, he only had a broken ankle. Another was rescued after a few hours and under tons of dirt and rock, but now he couldn't be saved. He later died from his injuries. The third worker, Buck Knuckles, couldn't even be found. Every time folks tried to dig in to get him, more of the mountain just fell in. Finally, the Nichols family asked that they stop before more people were hurt or killed. They just left it, left and sealed up the tunnel with Buck or what might have been left of him still inside. The railroad, having the never-say-die attitude that they had, built a new tunnel right next to the old one and didn't bother to even put up a marker on the old one to memorialize the lost men. 
All that's left today is a muddy pig path leading to where the tunnel once was. Believe it or not, there's yet another death associated with the same tunnel. While doing the first widening, a man named Thomas Nashville Johnson was killed when some of the tunnel collapsed in on him in 1869. Thomas was a very young man and a father of four. Three men lost their lives at the Eaton Tunnel. One thing is for sure, according to my friend, that is, that uh, at least one of them's still there because on quiet nights you can hear him scream for help so loud that it echoes off the side of the mountain. Buck Knuckles still rests beneath tons of dirt in the collapsed tunnel. Most of the good folks out for a walk will go through the air, the new tunnel that is, completely unaware of the deaths that occurred or that the body of Buck Knuckles lay just feet away. Some report feeling the hair on their arms and necks stand up, while some have heard whispers and cries from inside the tunnel. The new one, that is. None of that would surprise me a bit, folks. Happy Halloween. I hope you enjoyed our story today. If you have, please rate and review the podcast. Don't forget to follow, please. Join us on Facebook group, Appalachian Murder, Mystery, and Legend Podcast, where we can discuss everything Appalachian or whatever else you'd like to talk about. I'll be back soon with another Appalachian Murder, Mystery, or Legend. I'll see you then. Happy Halloween.